The second part of our discussion with Sir Brian Urquhart today will focus on the Secretary General of the United Nations. The Secretary General is the head of the Secretariat, which is one of the principal organs of the United Nations. He or she is the head of an international organization which today has 192 member states. Sir Brian Urquhart worked closely with the first five Secretaries General of the United Nations, Trig Vali, Doug Hammarskjöld, Hugh Thont, Kurt Waldheim, and Javier Perez de Cuellar. Based on your experience, what qualifications do you consider to be essential, and how were they demonstrated by the various Secretaries General? Well, you know, unfortunately, qualifications, and I'm not being trying to be funny about this, have really ceased to be a condition, as far as I can see, in the way the security goes about this. I don't know whether you've read Ambassador John Bolton's book about the UN, it's pretty awful. But he says that uh, there are all these, these um, the high-minded people like me, who are always saying that we should have a great search for the best person, but they don't seem to realize this is an intensely political appointment. Well, nobody ever said it was to be an intensely political appointment. This is one of the more deformed children of the Cold War. Uh, at the beginning, let me just say what happened at the beginning. Uh, the, the, as you rightly say, there's not much in the charter about this. Um, various people have tried to define the qualities of the Secretary General, and it's perfectly obvious you need, A, an exceptional person, man or woman. So far, as far as, far as I'm aware, they've never, oh yes, they did the last time, there were two or three women candidates. But there's never been a serious attempt to, to, to find a, a woman Secretary General, and I think that's wrong. Um, it has to be someone, I think, who is both a, a, a person of action and an intellectual. This is a highly intellectual exercise, being Secretary General, and it isn't really just a job for a run-of-the-mill diplomat or a, the um, president of a big corporation or something. It's, it's a very complicated job, which requires unusual qualities. Uh, and it also requires somebody who has huge both physical and intellectual stamina. This is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week job, and it, it's relentless. I remember in the English and American press, there were wonderful pipe dreams about the new Secretary General, and people were writing articles about this great person who, who President Roosevelt had wanted to call the Secretary General the moderator. But then, unfortunately, the British objected because the Church of Scotland is headed by a moderator. Why this should have created any confusion, God only knows. But anyhow, that was as a side. But moderator is a much better title than Secretary General. However, we didn't get it. And more's the pity, because now we have all these deplorable jokes about whether he's a secretary or a general. This is childish. This is total nonsense. I wish people would stop it. But. There were ideas that General Eisenhower would become the first Secretary General, he was a very popular candidate, or that Anthony Eden, who was the Foreign Minister of Britain at the time, would become Secretary General. Winston Churchill even showed interest in becoming a Secretary General. And Roosevelt, who unfortunately by that time was mortally ill, uh, had also at one point said that he would gladly stop being President of the United States if he, if he could run the New World Organization. So it wasn't, we, we, we weren't looking at anything above the highest possible category. 
But then, of course, all the, the, the Eden, Lester Pearson of Canada, who was a Western candidate uh, and, uh, and so on, were, were vetoed by the Soviet Union. The West vetoed the Soviet Union's candidate, who was a Pole, whose name I can't remember. And in the end, after an, uh, giving everybody an immense amount of trouble, they picked on Trigvi Lee of Norway, who didn't want the job. Uh, he, uh, I mean, he was very honorable that. He said in his memoirs, why has this terrible job fallen to a labor lawyer from Oslo? Perfectly reasonable remark. And that's the way it's been ever since. The, 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 the Secretary General has always, in, in, in effect, been picked by the five permanent members and never, as far as I can make out, for the right reason which is that he's the best person for, or she is the best person for the job. I mean, why not? It's a very responsible job. So it's, it's, it's really a lottery as to whether you get somebody who can do it or not. And actually, considering that, I think it's remarkable how, on the whole, how the UN has managed to get through with what, by any normal standard, is a totally ridiculous way of choosing the head of an enormously important organization. It's terrible. Um, uh, the, the, the funniest one of all, of course, is Doug Hammarskjöld because they got com when Trigvi Lee resigned in 1952, he resigned because uh, the Soviet Union had simply excommunicated him. I mean, the Soviet Union's communications to the Secretary General were addressed to the Secretariat. They wouldn't even refer to him by name. Uh, owing to the fact that he'd supported uh, the Security Council decision to intervene in Korea. Uh, and he resigned. And then there was a hopeless period when all sorts of unsuitable candidates were, 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 were stopped either by the West or the East in the Security Council. And then the British and the French had the idea of putting up a list of four people who were actually qualified to do the job uh, and asking the Soviet Union if they could agree to one of them. And one of those four people was Dag Hammarskjöld, who was then the Minister of State in the Swedish Foreign Office. And everybody, including the Soviet Union, thought that Dag Hammarskjöld was, a, was an absolutely harmless, rather mousy Swedish civil servant and wouldn't cause any trouble, so they elected him. And little did they know that what they had done was to elect somebody who had a, 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 a mission in life, was a very powerful intellectual, and a person who was extremely courageous, both intellectually and physically, and a person who was not going to sit in the job, uh, letting it steadily wither in the dismal climate of the Cold War. I mean, he did have the qualities, I think, that you probably need. Uh, he had a great, a very firm sense of principle. He had a very, an extraordinarily well-informed mind. I remember when we were trying to uh, deal with the question of the ships that the Egyptians had sunk in the Suez Canal in 1956 during the Suez invasion. Uh, it turned out that Hammarskjöld knew all about uh, maritime insurance law confounding. There were all sorts of experts who were sent over to deal with this, and they discovered he knew more than they did. And this was always the case with him. I never found a, a, such a, a subject which he couldn't actually master. He even mastered a rudimentary idea about nuclear physics when we had these huge conferences on peaceful uses of atomic energy. He was a very remarkable person and a very single-minded 
extremely determined person. And for a long time, uh, governments uh, went along with it because he did, to some extent, remedy the deadlock in the Security Council. He was a person who both sides in the Cold War trusted, and therefore he could go to China, which wasn't even represented in the UN, and uh, get the release of the 17 American airmen who'd been convicted as spies in China. They'd come down during the Korean War. This was a huge uh, effort because because he was absolutely uh, accepted both by the East and the West and the Chinese as a person, not as a representative of the UN, he was very valuable in these very dangerous situations. And then, of course, uh, that all became too much for the Soviet Union and for General de Gaulle, so that he ended up more or less uh, ruled out of function by both the Soviet Union and, uh, and France under General de Gaulle. General de Gaulle didn't like it because he thought that Hamschelt was some kind of arriviste in this sacred group of heads of state and that this was absolutely terrible. He was, he was appalling on the subject. And also because when the French went back into the Tunisian port of Bizet, in the summer of, of, of 1961 and, ha and tried to retake the port from the newly independent Tunisia, there was a battle in which a very, very hundreds and hundreds of Tunisians were killed and Hammarskjöld simply flew there. And that did it. Uh, after that, uh, the goal would have absolutely nothing to do with Hammarskjöld. So he ended up with two out of five members, permanent members of the Security Council against him, which is pretty crippling. The way that the, the, the Secretary General supposedly is chosen is that the, uh, the Security Council recommends and the General Assembly appoints. The General Assembly doesn't really have much option as to what to do about that, or hasn't up to now. I mean, nobody's ever objected. And as I say, it's got worse rather than better since the Cold War when you have uh, the United States taking the line that this is a purely political decision and other people should stay out, you're in for serious trouble. Uh, I tried to point out that they, you know, there's a revolutionary idea that you ought perhaps to look for the best person for the job. Uh, but uh, this wasn't the case as last time. And I think, frankly, that, that people who get bulldozed into the job under those circumstances are to be pitied. It's very awkward. The, so far, uh, we've had Trigvi Lee, who didn't want the job, and in many ways wasn't up to it, but he did do something absolutely remarkable, which was to get the UN settled. We were like the Flying Dutchman uh, in the, in the mid-1940s. We, we were in temporary porters all over the place, in the Bronx and in Long Island and, and in the Sperry Gyroscope factory and goodness knows where. And he did get the UN settled in New York, uh, and he got the city and the Rockefeller family to produce the site we're sitting on now. There was a tremendous uh, effort to get the, the, the UN into some sort of pastoral environment in, some in the country somewhere, where it, would, where it would have brought the worst in diplomats in the first place, and would be completely unimportant. I think to be settled in the middle of the probably the most vibrant metropolis in the world is not a bad idea. It was excellent for the UN. Uh, and Trigvi was responsible for that, uh, and I think he deserves all credit for it.
Hammarskjöld, well, I've talked about him, um, Uthant, who was one of the people who Hammarskjöld thought might succeed him, was a complete contrast. And I think, personally, that of all the secretaries general, he has been uh, more unjustly handled by history. Uh, he was an extremely courageous, very decent, and a very thoughtful person. He was a, 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 a devoted Buddhist. Um, he thought that moral questions were more important than political questions, a point of view that did not appeal to the average diplomat. Uh, and he undertook a number of things which are, were just as risky as, as uh, the things that Hammarskjöld did. Uh, he uh, managed to get a ceasefire in the war between India and Pakistan in 1965. He played an extremely important part in the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, which I suppose is the most dangerous crisis the human race has ever faced. Uh, he did, made a determined effort to find a, an end to the Vietnam War, unfortunately uh, engaging the wrath of uh, Secretary of State Dean Rusk, but I think that if, if his plan to do this had been followed, it would, have, it would have worked five years earlier than the same plan which was put through by Kissinger. So I th he, but he, you, you would think with all that that, that that he might have been remembered, but he hasn't been. And I think that's a shame. He was a completely different person. So when you ask for a, a definition of the qualifications, you have to think of personality. And you also have to think of the time they're functioning in. You're functioning in the Cold War. You're under great limitations as Secretary General, and you have to think of ways of getting around them. Uh, in long after I retired, uh, Erskine Childers and I uh, wrote a short book about this, saying that the, the way the Secretary General was elected was a scandal. There's no search procedure. There is no uh, uh, effort to. to the, the, the security council doesn't even interview the people it recommends. It's unbelievable. I mean, what college or industrial corporation would last a minute if they would do that? It, it's crazy. Uh, it, it's, it's, and, as, and it's now become even worse rather than better, as I say, because, uh, as Bolton put it, this is a purely political uh, matter between the five permanent members. This is a disaster, in my view. How would you change the selection process? Well, I don't see any reason now. I mean, the Cold War it was a problem because if the one side put up a approved of a candidate, the other side tended to veto it. I mean, it was ridiculous, but it was true. And uh, so you had to go for the the the, the, uh, the lowest common denominator very often, and that was a that was a pity. And uh, considering that, I think it's remarkable who we managed to get. I think that has to be given up, and I think that. You really need to look for a man or a woman with, with not necessarily famous, but with exceptional, exceptionally promising qualities. I mean, Hamishal wasn't famous at all. Nobody, nobody in the United States had ever met him or heard of him. The people in Europe did because he was very, very helpful in putting together the first European institutions. But, uh, you, but to do that, you need a serious search. I mean, uh, I think Harvard University spends three or four million dollars on a search for the next president of Harvard. The UN doesn't do that. And I think these, these are all things, <coughs> the one thing 
that we recommended, uh, which actually did get through, <coughs> was the appointment of a deputy, which finally was agreed in 1997. We suggested it in 1991. And that, I think, is something. But they haven't learned how to use the deputy, so that doesn't seem to work very well either.